Tonight we are going to be looking at the topic, the person of the Holy Spirit. And um, like, um, like we've said a couple of times, the, our midweek services, our Bible study, which we have tagged the workshop, is actually targeted towards strengthening the Christian foundation. You know, um, just the basic fundamental doctrines of, of Christianity, the things that are important for our foundation. Because if, if the foundation is not okay, the, the, the edifice you want to build on it will not be okay. Hallelujah. So there are, there are certain um, key ingredients, there are certain key doctrines that need to, to be exhaustively dealt with. So that we, we are founded and grounded in truth. And one of those critical um, teachings is, is, is the doctrine around the personality of the Holy Spirit. Um, I know that for, for many of us, for all of us I presume, and I hope that's a good assumption. Um, we, we are quite, in quote, familiar with... God as the Father. We are familiar to an extent with Jesus, the eternal word, who became the Son. Um, the Holy Spirit, even though uh, for us, he has become uh, a friend, a partner, uh, the God within um, but it's important that we we further dig deep, digging to know this this um, the treasure, the the help, the the comforter, the assurance, the support we have in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! And I I know that for many people. the Holy Spirit is not so personal because they, they don't see him as a person. Many people subconsciously subconsciously see the Holy Ghost as a power, as an influence, as, um, as a force. So it's, the power of God is moving. You know, um, it's it's not very personal. It looks a bit abstract. Probably it's because of the word ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, you know, in this part of the world, we don't do well with ghosts. We don't make friends. We don't make friends with ghosts. We run away from ghosts. Hallelujah. But this ghost is the Holy Ghost. Praise God. <laughs> um, so, you know, that I mean, those of us who are used to the whole King James Version will probably see more of the word the Holy Ghost spoke. The newer versions have stepped it down a little bit to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm here to, to just show us tonight from Scripture, and I know that many of us already know this, so um, this is just to further reinforce um, the things we know and, and strengthen our conviction and reinforce 
our foundation in God and the Holy Spirit as God. Praise God. Um, you know, there, there, are, there, there, there are some sects who don't believe that the Holy Spirit is God. In fact, there are some even Christians who think subconsciously, they may not say it out, but the way they relate or the way they see the Holy Spirit is like the Holy Spirit is the the errand boy of the Godhead. You know, is is the house help of of God of of Jesus. It's just the Hallelujah. You know, but but he's not. He's not. He's not some. He's not some mystical force that we cannot relate with. He's not some um, power or he's not some influence. You know, but. Um, or it's not, it's, not, it's not just some form of energy uh, something impersonal, no no. the Holy Spirit is God, is the third person of the Trinity the third person of the Trinity and, and we see in scriptures, throughout scriptures from Genesis to Revelation we see the Holy Spirit uh, referred to as God. All the attributes of God we see in the Holy Spirit. So um, that should leave us without any higher of doubt. But he is God, is 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 um is as powerful. In fact, he is co-equal, co-eternal. What other code do you need? Co-omniscient, co-omnipotent, co- Co what? There's co omnipresent. Hallelujah. Is when you think God the Father, whatever you think of God the Father, you can think the same of God the Holy Spirit. Not even that you can, you should think the same because they are one in essence. Three presence one god three personalities one god co-equal co-powerful co-existent co-eternal we read in the book of hebrews where scripture says hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 where, where, where scripture referred to him he said christ offered himself through the eternal spirit so the holy spirit is eternal because when, when you think of God, you think of the endlessness of God. You think of the perfections of God. When you think of the perfections of God, you should also, in the same breath, think of the perfections of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I like the fact that he's, he's, he's single-handedly, is um, separately referred to as the Holy Spirit. Is, is the spirit of holiness is separated hallelujah hallelujah so um, we so all through, all through scriptures we see we see the personality of the spirit shine forth you know and um, it's, it's something that we must become used to that we must be rooted in to know that because when Jesus was living the, when he was about to leave the earth, he told his disciples, he said, it is important for you that I go. Because if I do not go, it will not come. 
Praise God. He said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send you another comforter. And the word another um, in, in, in the Greek, okay, so in the Greek there are two words for another. There is a teros, there is a los. Eteros means another of a different kind, of a different quality, not the same. Alos means another of the same kind, of the same essence. Um, I think it's in the book of, um, I think it's First Corinthians, where Paul was talking to them, and he said, if any man or even an angel comes to you to preach another gospel, which is not another, let him be accursed. It's Galatians chapter 1, 6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. So another can also be... So a terrorist means also means different. To a different gospel. Which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to provide the gospel of Christ. You can see it. But the old King James says that I marvel that you are turning away so soon called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another do you, do, do you get it now so calling you into a different gospel which is not the same gospel so when Jesus told his disciples I'm going to send you another comforter he was invariably telling them and we can also infer from that place that Jesus was to the disciples at the time he was their comforter because when we think of the word comforter, the, our, our Yoruba translation or our Nigerian mind will not do justice to it. it comforter is not just to lutunu in that sense. It's not, it's not that, oh, somebody is crying, oh, yeah, please uh, comfort her or comfort him. Do you understand? There is that sense, but it doesn't capture the essence of what Jesus was saying. What was Jesus telling his disciples? It's, let's see from verse 15. John 14. Okay, if you really love me, you would keep my you will keep and obey my commandment, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, another comforter. That word means comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby to be with you forever. So Jesus was all that to the disciples. At every point in trouble, they leaned on him. At every time when they had the question, he was the go-to guy. He was the one they looked up to at every point in time. For everything, they looked up to Jesus. But Jesus was telling them, see guys, I need to go. My work here is done. And but the, the purpose of God, the agenda of God on the face of the earth continues. But the next phase of this work, which I cannot do because of the limitation of, of my human frame, uh, the next phase will be done by the Holy Spirit, who is another comforter. So is a comforter of the same kind, same quality, same essence, same purpose, same agenda. And it will be to you everything that I am to you. Perhaps even much more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is to us a comforter, an advocate, 
an intercessor stand by counselor strengthener and these are these are different ministration of the Holy Spirit to us that we must begin to take advantage of. He must become, in quote, our go-to guy. Hallelujah. And he wants to have that level of relationship. But if, if we don't see him, if we don't see his personality, if we don't see him the way he truly is, we cannot take advantage Praise God. He, he would, he would, we would think is is a force or is um, something that we can use. No. Oh, so you know something to achieve your own end. But no. But when you begin to see him and understand him as a person, and you see the personality of the Holy Ghost as described in, in Scripture, you will find out that he is actually God, worthy of your worship worthy of your obedience worthy of glory worthy of your adoration worthy of your surrender hallelujah hallelujah so he said he was going to send him another comforter I was saying that you know that the Holy Spirit is God we, we, even in the grace when we say let's share the grace how do we share the grace the grace of our Lord Jesus the love of God the fellowship of the Spirit those three always go together. Why? Because they are co-equal. They are co-eternal. They coexist. They are all powerful. And they are one. Um, in the book of Matthew chapter 28 verse 19, um, the Great Commission uh, going to hold the world and preach the gospel to all nations baptizing them in what? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It is not just in the name of the Father and the Son alone. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In fact, as early as the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, verse 1. Verse 2, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. What next did you see? The intervention of the Holy Ghost. So at creation, it was present. It was present. And when the head became void and formless and dark, it was the Holy Ghost, the scripture records, was overing, brooding upon the face of the deep. And it was that incubation and activity of the Holy Ghost that began to bring transformation and God said after the Holy Ghost had done a preparatory work hallelujah so they are always moving together, always moving together and we must, we must see that uh, so the, the, the Holy Ghost has the divine attributes, all the divine attributes of God and I mentioned them is omnipotence the omnipotence of God, all powerful. Luke chapter 1, 35. Um, it was speaking to Mary how the Savior was going to be born. In fact, for the Savior to be born through the virgin birth, it has to be the work of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. 
He said, The power of the highest. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that only one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. It is only the Holy Spirit that has the capacity to form the Son of God. It is the Holy Ghost, it is the Holy Spirit that is going to form Christ in us. My little children, of whom I travail again in birth pains until Christ be formed in you. That is the work of the Holy Ghost. Oh, the focus is conforming to the image of Christ. Spiritual maturity. It is the Holy Spirit that is going. Oh, the Holy Spirit is the avenue through which that will be accomplished. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and the power of the highest. The power of the, his omnipotence will overshadow you. Hallelujah. We see his omnipresence. Psalm 139 verse 7 and 8. He said, Whither shall I go from your presence? Where will I run from your spirit? Hallelujah. Psalm 139 7 and 8. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Verse 8. If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. So every space is filled. No wonder the scripture says the, the, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill the whole earth like waters cover the sea. It's the Holy Ghost. Is everywhere. Present everywhere at the same time. Present everywhere at the same time. As in it's even now amazing how, he, how it is that he's resident inside of believers spread all over the world at the same time. So he's everywhere. Omnipresent. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is also omniscient. All-knowing. All-knowing. One of the things we attribute to God is the fact that God knows everything. But the Spirit knows everything, and that makes him God. All-knowing. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor hear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So there are things prepared for you that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. It has not even come into your own consciousness. Hallelujah. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches what? All things. Yes, the deep things of God. The spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. John chapter 14 verse 26 said when the Holy Spirit will come John 14 26 he said the Holy Spirit will teach you all things all things but the helper the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name he will teach you how many things all things and bring to your remembrance what all things that I said to you it takes the one who knows all things to teach all things so the Holy Spirit has perfect 
precise knowledge. Perfect knowledge. He has perfect knowledge. He has complete knowledge. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows all things. He feels all things. Hallelujah. He knows all things. John 16, 12 to 13. He does not just know and teach all things. Scripture says he would even teach us things to come. So he knows the future. The Holy Ghost knows your future. So who would you rather commit that future to? Hallelujah. John 16, 12. 12 and 13. I still have many things. Can you see? I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit, and you can even see the pronouns, the, the, the qualification. When he, the spirit of truth, is come, it will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, it will speak and it will tell you things to come. So, Jesus needed to tell them some things, but they were not ripe for it. But said, when the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to grow them, it's going to increase their capacity to hear the things that they were not able to hear, that they were not able to bear, or that they were not qualified for. So, those things were sealed until the administration of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have seen, we have seen that is eternal. Um, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14. How Jesus offered himself through the eternal spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. So he, he, he has a distant the, the, he has a distant personality from the Father, from the Son, from the Holy Spirit. But they are one, the same. Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. There's a third person of the Trinity. Infinitely wise. Infinitely tender. Infinitely merciful. Infinitely gracious. God has life. And the Holy Spirit is life by himself. Praise God. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 3 verse 10. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive you out from before, drive out from before you, you know, the Canaanites and all of that. The living God. The, the God that is alive. The God that is alive. First uh, uh, um, Timothy, First Timothy chapter three verse fifteen referred to to the church. He said that you may know how to behave yourself. I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the living God, alive, living God which is the ground and the pillar of truth. We see that the son has life in himself. John chapter 1 verse 4 says, uh, you know, in him 
was life. That's in the son. In him was life. So the son himself has life. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit has life. Romans chapter 8 verse 2. He was talking about the law of the spirit of life. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ who do not walk according to the flesh but after the spirit. Verse 2. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the For the law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. Scripture refers to him as the life-giving spirit or the quickening spirit. So he has life. He has Zoe in himself just like the Father and the Son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I think we have, we have established we have established his, his divine attributes and deity. Hallelujah. I want to um, I want us to quickly touch his his person. You know, I mean, there 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 are there are attributes of a person that we see all through scriptures. For example, we know that the Holy Ghost speaks. Scripture has told us that it will guide us, it will teach us, right? It can even be grieved. So the Holy Spirit has knowledge. We have shown that in his omniscience. He knows all things and all of that. He has knowledge. He has feelings. Or he has emotions. Because scripture recalls that he can be grieved. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. The Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. In fact, um, I think is it, is it Hebrews chapter 2 verse 8 where we're saying, how shall they escape if they if they, if they neglect so great a salvation and how much more do you think will be done to them who trod underfoot um, the blood by which they were saved and insult the spirit of grace do not grieve the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit we see, we see the, the personality we see you know, those personal attributes of the things, so scripture told us that it teaches, it will teach us all things. John chapter chapter 14, verse 26. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. So he bears witness, he witnesses Christ to us. And Jesus said, It will take it will teach you of the things that are mine, it will take of mine and show them to you. So the Holy Spirit is also the revealer of divine secrets. Praise God. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8 verse 20. Scripture says the Holy Spirit prays for us. He said for we do not even know how to pray. Or what to pray. So it is not just that we don't know what to pray. Likewise the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for. As we ought to. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. The Holy Spirit prays for us, makes intercession, helps us. We don't know what to pray for or how to pray for it. The Holy Spirit steps in and prays for us. So we we, we are sin. I mean, I'm I'm showing us these things so that we we are beyond reasonable doubt that. The Holy Spirit is not just a force. It's not just something, in quote, inanimate. It's not just something impersonal. It is right beside you, within you. And when we are when we are saying, when we are talking of the person of the Holy Spirit, 
we are not talking of him in the sense of that oh okay now the Holy Spirit now has hands he has eyes he has legs and mm -mm. It's not in is not in terms of physical attribute it's in terms of personality and essence praise God hallelujah so we we, we see the characteristics of personality as I earlier said issues of the will the Holy Spirit has a will in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 when he was talking about the gifts of the spirit he said the Holy Spirit distributes unto every man as he wills it distributes the gift to every man he said the gift is for everyone to profit but the Holy Spirit administers the gift to everyone as he wills um, when, when, when they were in, in the book of Acts the, the apostles or the disciples gathered to pray to you know clarify certain things about doctrine and all, and all of that and they said as they prayed the, the disciples spoke they said it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit when they were going to send forth um, as they were praying in a certain place he came again and he said the Holy Spirit spoke and said separate unto me Paul and Barnabas so the Holy Spirit speaks the Holy Spirit teaches the Holy Spirit prays for us he has a will he guides us in fact Thomas chapter 8 verse 14 says as many as are led by the Spirit of God they are the sons of God so the Holy Spirit guides and leads us the Holy Spirit guides and leads us. And, and, and when, I, when I say guide and leads us, I don't want us to take it as um, something abstract. I'm saying to us that the Holy Spirit can, can give you specific instructions, specific directions. And we see it all over scriptures. In Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16, from verse 6 to 7. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden. Can you see, can you see instruction? Forbidden. Oftentimes we say, God forbid, God forbid. Holy Spirit forbids. The Holy Spirit is Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Lord. And where the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty the Lord is the spirit then where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty the, the Holy Spirit is the Lord and he is the spirit of the Lord Oftentimes, you know that that name the Lord oftentimes refers to Christ but scripture is also telling us that the Holy Spirit is the Lord and he is the spirit of 
the Lord. The So, some years ago, I, I began to meditate on the issue of, you know, when we are talking to people, we we'll ask them, have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? So, I began to meditate on, on the word, or on that, should I call it phrase, Lord and Savior, or more. We see they play. Praise God. We see they play. Because we don't even know Lordship yet. We claim we have accepted Him as Lord and Savior, but we have only accepted that is in theory. In practical terms, eh, you need to come to salvation before you start learning Lordship. The Spirit is Lord. And when we come to that place of the Spirit's being Lord, that's when we realize what I said earlier, that we find out that the Holy Spirit is worthy of our devotion, our obedience, our service, everything. Because He is Lord. Lord signifies master, authority, the one you cannot question. Jesus told Peter, he said when you were young you went wherever you wanted he said when you are old somebody will hold your hand and take you to places you don't want to go in that place you have lost you have lost your will you have lost you have lost every resistance you have come under the Lord the Holy Spirit is Lord in fact, scripture says that no one filled by the Spirit will call Jesus a cost. But he also said, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. We don't know the Lordship of Christ until we are tutored by the Spirit. And we must come to this place where the Spirit is Lord. And he wants to be Lord and will be Lord in Jesus. We would, we would, you know, we would, we would grow, we would get there. We would get there where he is Lord. We submit. Your will be done. Your will be done. So we read in Acts chapter 16, I was talking about the fact that the Holy Spirit can lead us specifically. He said, if they were forbidden by the Spirit, Acts chapter 16 from verse 6 to 7, they were forbidden by the Spirit to go into a particular town to go and preach. Does that not sound strange? Is it not the gospel we are going to preach? I can just enter anywhere and just preach the gospel. He said they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Haitian. Verse 7. 7. After they, they had come to Mysia, Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. They were not going to do their own thing. It wasn't just time. Then in another place, Paul was trying to go somewhere. The Holy Spirit stopped him. I think it's the latter. Okay, I think it's, if we, if we read down, 
that was how he got to go into Macedonia. Then he saw, he, he slept, he had a dream, he saw a man from Macedonia, come, come and help us, come and help us. Then that was a signal of the Holy Spirit leading them. And they went into Macedonia and the Lord, the Lord and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. That was where the Spirit wanted them to go. So they wanted to go into two cities to preach. The first one, scripture says, the Holy Spirit forbid them. Forbid them. They were forbidden by the Spirit. The second one, he said, the Holy Spirit did not permit them. And we are going to have such level of leading and, and stoppages in our lives. And we should desire it. When you want to go your own way, that the Lord will forbid you. You know, we cannot just live like every other person. Praise God. <laughs> Somebody said, ah, you, all of us are in primary five. We are all classmates, so in fact, we are age mates, but we are not grace mates. We cannot be sitting together like this, but I'm not saying in church, I'm saying generally. But our purpose is not the same. What we carry is different. And we cannot live like every other person. Everybody is doing it. It's not a permission for you to do it. Your consecration is different. And you know, we must come to that point where we, we absolutely, absolutely trust the love of God. Trust that God has your best interest at heart. That even when he denies you certain things, you know that this is for my good. You are not second guessing. And you are not looking at what other people are achieving to, 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 to chart or measure the milestone of your own life. Oh, you are 40. But so your die of friend that you grew up together at 40 at the house, he has done this, he has done that, he has done that. And you are measuring the success of your life with that. You, you are losing track. You are not wise. They that compare themselves with themselves are not wise. You are not wise. Why? Because your timing is different. Your purpose is different. Your journey is different. Praise God. Your journey is different. You are not, you are not running the same race. A mess plant. You plant it, it will grow and fruit in four months. A cocoa plant will probably take three to five years to even start. But that maize plant, after the four months when you take the maize cups away, it's gone. The cocoa keeps producing. Fifty years is still there and producing. Hallelujah. Don't measure your life with someone else. Your timing is in God's hands. Your life is in God's hands. And you, we must trust him that he's doing the best for us. Praise God. We must trust him that he's doing the best for us. And he would lead us in specific paths. And a couple of us, or some of us, compare ourselves with unbelievers. That's even worse worse you know I, I on my school group 
um, somebody posted some videos. I I just did not, but you know, I saw some comments and somebody was it was about prayer. Um, does God answer prayer? Does prayer mean so you that you pray? Does it make you more successful than the person that does not pray? You know, and all of that. And there was some conversation around, okay, we cannot even, there is nothing to measure that the person that prays lives a more successful life than the person that does not pray or achieves more in life and all of those things. I saw those things. I was already on my way to church. But I just responded that you know, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is in it. The purpose of prayer is not for you to measure success or achievement here. That's not the purpose. And I wrote that I don't want to I don't want to spend my time praying for what unbelievers can get with their skill hard work and luck. If they can get it with their skill, hard work and luck, I can, I can become skillful. If it is to go and learn, I can learn what they learn and I will achieve the same result. I don't want to spend my time coming to church to achieve what an unbeliever can achieve without coming. That is not the purpose of church. That is not the purpose of prayer. So if everything I want to achieve you know, um, and I'm using the Holy Ghost and I'm using prayer and everything to achieve. It's the same thing that um, somebody who does not even have life, does not have Zoe, he can achieve all of those things. Then I'm wasting, I'm wasting Zoe, I'm wasting time, I'm wasting eternal life. Hallelujah. So our Christianity must be must go beyond the surface. It's, it's, we are not targeting the same thing. I can't measure my life by what an unbeliever has or does not have. Scripture says that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of what he has. And it does not consist also in, in the scarcity of what he does not have. Life is not measured by that. Have you found God? Are you truly living? Or you are just, you are just a flower bright in the morning and by the evening is gone? Because if, if you are not rooted in Christ, that is what your life is. Today it is bright and shining. Tomorrow it is no more. Praise God. So we can't measure our lives by that. The Holy Spirit would lead us in his purposes, in his own way. We saw the story of, of, of Philip. He was, he was, I think he was in Samaria, if I remember correctly. And there was this man um, from Ethiopia. The Holy Spirit told him, join yourself to that chariot. Praise God. And he obeyed. And that, that opened up, you know, a conversation with the man and all of that. I believe that was, I believe that that was how the gospel entered into Africa. The first time. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit guides the Holy Spirit leads. Of course, we have said the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Hallelujah. The work of the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, we've seen, we've seen several scriptures. Jesus talking about what the Holy Spirit will do. John chapter 14, 16 and 17. 
then John chapter 16 you know um, if we read if we read the whole verses down of John chapter 16 we would see many of the things that the Holy Spirit will do guide us into all truths is our comforter is this is this is that some of the things that the Holy Spirit is doing with horse and in horse right now I wrote I said the Holy Spirit from scriptures is the hotter and the interpreter of the word praise God the Holy Spirit is the author and the interpreter of the word. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 21. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. Right? For prophecy never came by what? It never came by the will of man, but only men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. They spoke. Hallelujah. So, only men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That's how prophecy came. First Peter chapter 1 verse 11. First Peter 1 Searching what... He was talking about the prophets. Okay, back up to verse 10 so that we can see. Of this salvation the prophets have inquired. That the salvation we have now that is revealed in the last days. Searching and searched the, the prophets inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you and high certain what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them was indicating when it testified before and the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow so the Holy Spirit was the spirit of prophecy it was the one witnessing those things to them so is the author and the interpreter he said no interpretation of the scripture comes by private or personal uh, no prophecy of scripture comes by private interpretation so if it, if it was the Holy Spirit who inspired it it would take the Holy Spirit to interpret it that's what scripture is saying hallelujah hallelujah Acts chapter 1 verse 16 men and brethren this scripture has to be fulfilled which who the Holy Spirit spoke he spoke the scripture before by the mouth of David concerning Judas who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. The Holy Spirit spoke. The scripture must be fulfilled. Chapter 4 verse 25. Chapter 4 verse 25. Who by the mouth of your servant David have said go, go to verse 24. So when they heard when they heard that they raised their voice to God with one accord and said Lord you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them who by the mouth of your servant David have said why did the nations rage and the people imagine a vain thing that's um, Psalm 2 you know so it was just telling them these things that you are saying they have been said by the spirit when the Holy Spirit came upon them in Acts chapter 2 um, and Peter began to speak he said this is that which was spoken by prophet Joel that in the latter times I would pour out my spirit upon all flesh your sons and daughters will prophesy your, your old men will read dreams your young men will see visions upon your handmaiden and your men servant I would pour out my spirit in those days and all of that it was the Holy Ghost so the Holy Spirit is the author and the interpreter of the word. If you get into the word, you need the Holy Spirit to unseal the word and to unveil Christ to you. 
by the word. I also what I said, the Holy Spirit witnesses the message with miracles, signs, and wonders. He witnesses to the gospel with miracles, signs, and wonders. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, 14 and 15. Luke chapter 4, 14 and 15. Then Jesus returned. This was after his baptism. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and news of him went out throughout all the surrounding regions. So um, he went into the wilderness. He was tempted and all of that. When he overcame this conversation, scripture says he returned in the power of the Spirit. And the news of him went out through all the surrounding regions. Verse 15. And he taught in their synagogue by the power of the Spirit, right? He taught in their synagogue, being glorified by all. Go to verse um, 32, 32 to 36. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. And they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is! For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirit and they come out. Verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had any who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him and he laid his hands on laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. How did he do that? By the power of the spirit. And that power is available today. He didn't go. You know, there are some people who teach and who believe that miracle signs and wonders died with the apostles. In fact, there are some people who believe that baptism of the Spirit, speaking in tongues and all of this, um, gift of the Spirit and all of that, died with the apostles. No, it did not. It's available in our day. Why? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did yesterday, he will do today, he will do tomorrow. Hallelujah. And we saw, and it is not just Jesus. Uh, it, 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 it's not just Jesus that, 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 that um, had the witnesses of, of, of signs and wonders by the Spirit. We even read about Peter, that Peter will be walking on the road and people will come. He was not the one who, the man was just going his jeje. Hallelujah. Then people will bring their sick by the roadside so that perhaps the shadow of Peter would cast and heal them scripture records concerning Paul he said anchor chiefs were taken from him there is so much power if you, if you, if you read through the hearts of the apostles your head will blow and can I tell you something tonight brethren these guys were men of like passion What did I say? They were men of like passion. They had weaknesses. They had down moments. James chapter 5 verse 16 spoke concerning Elijah. Elijah. He said, and Elijah was a man of like passion. But what? He prayed that it should not rain in Israel. Three and a half years it did not rain. Then he prayed again. And the Lord sent rain. But for me, the, he was a man of like passion. Elijah, Elijah was suicidal. Elijah had depression. Elijah had weaknesses. So they were not supermen. Like I told us before. 
one of the challenges I had, I think sometime last year or two years ago, was if I actually, I actually had that when I was in school, I think some around 2004, because I remember, I remember where I was when, when that, that thing came into my, into my heart. I was speaking with my friend. I can't remember if it was Pastor Shee or I think it was Pastor Shee in school. When I, how old were we? I can't even remember. Maybe 1920. Okay. But I was just saying that, you know, okay, no, I think it was much later. It probably should be around 2006, 7. And I was telling him that a few years from now, Jesus died at 33 now. I said at 33, Jesus had fulfilled the whole plan of salvation. He had come, fulfilled his ministry, died, resurrected, and went back to heaven. We soon we are getting close to that age, and so we are not young. I'm, I'm saying that to say, these guys did all of these things. They were not old people. They were young men like you and I, young women in their thirties, some in their forties, who did all this. So they were men of like passion. Some of them had jobs that they were doing too, but they were still strong and and God was doing stuff through them so we don't have an excuse actually that's where I'm going and I'm speaking to myself too there is no excuse thou art inexcusable oh man yes because when we get to heaven they are going to these are I mean these are the clouds of witnesses oh they, uh, they will stand as witnesses then we stand as witnesses. Were you thrown into a lion's den? Was Daniel not doing a full-time job in the courts of Nebuchadnezzar? Yet he created time to, to pray three times daily. Even his co-ministers or special advisors, they knew that this guy three times here, you know they joke with him. He doesn't joke with it. Full-time. They knew. So what are excuses? You did they put you uh, inside dungeon, sell you to slavery like Joseph, imprisoned? How old was Joseph when they sold him to slavery? Seventeen. By thirty, he was prime minister of Egypt, standing for the will of God, fulfilling the purposes of God. I'm just challenging us to let us know that we are because sometimes we are we will be tempted to think ah well you are still young there's still time we are not young it in fact scripture says it is better that the the man should bear his the yoke in his youth in fact in fact it's actually becoming late for some of us that's the truth that's the truth so we, I mean, we see the testimonies of the apostles, Romans chapter 15, verse 19, Acts chapter 2, verse 22. We saw the beautiful, the, the, the lame man that was healed at the gate called beautiful. God witnessing the gospel, the message with signs and wonders through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. Hallelujah. The Spirit is the one drawing sinners to Christ today. The same way He drew you and he drew me 
and he's still doing that today. He's drawing sinners to Christ. He's convicting the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Bringing people on a daily basis. People are getting added to the church today. Hallelujah. The Spirit is responsible for the ongoing work of transformation in the believer. The ongoing work of transformation or what we call sanctification of the believer is the one purifying. That is called the Holy Spirit. Is the Spirit of holiness. Is the one that makes us holy. That's why it's in us. To work out holiness in us. How, how merciful and gracious he is that the Holy Spirit will dwell in, in unclean vessels imperfect vessels like us yes he's indwelling our spirit that is perfect and is like God but to even to even bring himself down and humble himself to dwell in this vessel with all the imperfections of my soul and, and infirmities but he's in there working out the perfections of God bringing about sanctification and purification of our hearts and of our souls hallelujah so the Holy Spirit is the one doing all the ongoing transformation within the believer until the attributes of Christ are visible. The attributes and the beauty of Christ must be seen. It won't stop that work until the beauty of Jesus be seen. Hallelujah. And we, and we bear the fruits of the Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit today is busy leading and guiding us. And of course, like we read in Romans chapter, chapter 8, we do not know how to pray. You know, I, I, we've, spoke, we've spoken about, you know, the leading and guiding of the believer, but I just, I just remember a specific leading. You know, um, this guy, what's his name? This mad king that was on the throne when, when they gave birth to Jesus. That guy would have killed Jesus. God had to send the angel to Joseph. Wake up. Take this son. Take this boy. Your daughter. Egypt. Now. We must find grace to respond. Though. To respond quickly. To the pro- if he had delayed. That's a quote in law. <laughs> well, he, 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 he would not. I'm sure there would have been some divine intervention. You know, but that delay could have been costly. I'm sure Jesus would not have been killed somehow. Maybe Joseph himself would have gone. I don't know, I'm just saying. But it, it's important that we come to that place where we can, as he's saying it like this, we are quick to obey. And God will walk that, that quickness, that, that tendency, that, that capacity in us, in Jesus' name. Quick to obey. He was not okay. Let me just when I wake up, take the boy, Egypt, because there are men after him. Then when that set died, when Herod died, pam pam pam. Oh yeah, it's time to leave Egypt. Go back because they that seek the boy's life are dead. Direction, instruction, leading. Those things are not. They are not magic. They are not. Uh, they are not Bible stories. So, things that happened, happening today. Have you listened to? <laughs> we don't have time. Have you listened to Bishop Oedekpo's stories or Pastor Leadings? Leadings. 
specific. It's still happening today. It depends how, how far are we willing to go? How much? How much are we willing to give up? How far are we willing to go with the Lord? <laughs> there are we have inheritance, so great inheritance. Great inheritance by the Spirit. I see. First Corinthians chapter two. Eyes have not seen. Oh, Alukusi. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Is he empowers us for prayer? We've seen that in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 27. Of course, he empowers for ministry. He empowers for ministry. And when we talk of ministry, you know we are not talking of Pastor. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. Scripture says he sets the fivefold in the church for what? Perfecting the saints to do the work of the ministry. So it is the saints that will do what? It is you and I that will do the work of the ministry. What the pastor and the apostle and the prophets are meant to do is to train us so that we are fully equipped to go and do the work of the ministry. But for you to do the work of the ministry, you must be empowered. It is the, the Holy Spirit is the empowerment. It's the one that empowers people for the work of the ministry, for the service Maybe when we say work of the ministry, the thing looks like, ah, I don't... Mm -mm, for the service of God. Hallelujah. And we see that even Jesus had to be empowered. Luke chapter 4 verse 1. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the glad tidings. And we see it, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Study in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Hallelujah. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost path of the earth. He empowers us for service. Hallelujah. And finally, there is something scripture called in the book of Galatians, I think chapter 4, he called it the unity of the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that works that out. We are not there yet, but he's working it out uniting our hearts individually and bringing us as a collective uniting our hearts as one man in Christ preparing the bride of Christ unity of the spirit he said until we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ let's rise on our feet tonight can we just thank the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of glory. He is the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The spirit that would ultimately glorify you. He is the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth. Can we worship him? I said at the beginning that he is worthy of our worship, worthy of our adoration, worthy of thanksgiving, worthy of everything worthy 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 holy spirit we exalt you in this place we exalt you sweet holy spirit we magnify you holy spirit we exalt you sweet spirit of god we exalt you holy spirit we magnify you tonight we thank you for the work and we thank him for the work he's doing within can we thank him for empowerment? Can we thank him for either though he has helped us? 
Can we thank him for being so merciful to us and gracious? Can we thank him for being so patient with us? So patient. The Spirit of Christ, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We worship you tonight. As a church, we worship you. We bring honor. We give you honor. We give you glory. Holy Spirit, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you our praises. We give you our worship.